This podcast is brought to you by Uconnect, the creator of the first all-in-one virtual career center. Scale your impact and engage more students with a platform that puts all of your career resources in one place. Hey friends, welcome back to the Career Everywhere podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Metzger, and this week I'm excited to welcome Amanda Morgan, the Associate Director of Career Services for the Academic Success and Career Center at Washington State University. In this episode, I talk with Amanda about how her team blends academic advising and career coaching. Amanda shares why her office is set up this way, how they train academic advisors across campus on how to have career conversations with students, and what advice she has for other career leaders who want to work more closely with academic advising. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for being here, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you. And I've been looking forward to talking with you today about how WSU kind of blends academic and career advising. From what I've heard, it's kind of a unique setup, and I'm excited to dig into why it's set up that way, how it works, and then some of the results that you've seen. Before I get into my questions, though, Amanda, is there anything else you'd like to add about yourself, your background, or your role there at WSU? Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. And just a little bit about our center at uh, the Academic Success and Career Center. So we are, as our name suggests, we do both academic preparedness and career services in one shop. So we're a combined center, which is really unique. And I have the opportunity to really help lead our career and employer relations team, which is amazing. And I actually am pretty new or new-ish to career services. So just started in 2020, right before the pandemic hit. And so um, have had an opportunity to learn and grow alongside my colleagues. And it's been a fun ride. So excited to be here. Wow, that must have been an interesting time to start in career services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was unique. Uh, so I think I started two <laughs> weeks before we shut down. Um, but the positive end to that was, you know, we really all had to relearn, you know, everything that we were doing. In some instances, it really helped our team kind of grow together during that time as well. That's awesome. I guess that makes sense when you're faced with a big hurdle like that or a big crisis, you kind of have to just figure things out and bond and, and make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before I get into the more specific questions about our topic today, I want to kick us off with a question I ask all of our guests, and that's what does career everywhere mean to you? Yeah, I love this question. Um, and I love hearing how others respond to this. And it's always unique, but there's always, you know, an underlying trend here. But for me, career services uh, or career everywhere is really about ensuring that everyone has access to career related tools, resources, and advising. For me, you know, that's really important. We're a small team. Um, so even though we're a combined shop, you know, really only half of our office really fully engages in career or focuses on career readiness. And we can't do that on our own. By no means can we do that on our own. And so it's really, I think, somehow empowering to know that it's everyone's job, you know, very similar to retention efforts across campus, right? It's everyone's job to ensure that students are retained 
And for me, it's everyone's job to ensure that students are ready to hit the ground running upon graduation, you know, whatever direction they want to go. And so being able to have campus partners buy into that is really important. It makes it more accessible and ultimately really helps the students out in the end. And I'll also say, you know, prior to being in career services, you know, I think our campus partners are already having these conversations, you know, across campus and students naturally are going to go to people that they relate to or those that they're most connected to and feel comfortable with. So why not give those campus partners the tools to have really, you know, intentional conversations and be that voice on behalf of the Career Center? I love that. And I especially love your comparison between career everywhere and also retention. Like it really is everybody's job to make sure a student is successful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, can't do it alone. Right, right. Yeah. With the student to advisor ratios, there's just no way, no way. Yeah. Well, now I would love to dig into our topic for today, which is again, how WSU has kind of combined academic and career advising. Can you walk me through what that looks like and how it works? Yeah, absolutely. I think to help provide some context. At Washington State University, we do require that all students meet with an academic advisor before they register for classes. And so we have, you know, hundreds of advisors throughout the Washington State University system who are, you know, engaging with students. And they really are that key person to help students navigate, you know, their academic plan. And then oftentimes they're the team that's really working with students and figuring out like what comes next for students and helping them really obtain their goals beyond Washington State University. Advisors are a really important role in the WCU ecosystem, most definitely, and we know that. In our office specifically, all of our career advisors um, or career coaches, what we call them, also are academic advisors. So we all pitch in and help with academic advising. We work orientation programs. We really kind of getting in there with our advising community. In addition to that, we all have a small advising caseload. Um, So our academic advisors in our office primarily work with students who are um, still deciding on their major or undecided. We call them exploring students. So every exploring student who comes into Washington State University, we meet with them at orientation, so their first point of entry. And then they're assigned to someone on our team. So we can really help them think about what comes next for them, you know, and really have helping them combine, you know, what are your future goals and aspirations and how can we help you get there? So oftentimes, you know, it's reverse engineering, you know, their plan and maybe it's not starting with the major right away, but really helping them work toward their goals. And oftentimes, at least for first year students, you know, it's really helping them understand what their strengths are with what academic aspects they're more drawn towards, and then how they're going to get there. And so we're able to have some really unique and intentional conversations with students and really meet them where they are by doing that. Okay. So to confirm is that, and you probably said this, but is it both the career coaches and the academic advisors that meet with those undecided students? Our career coaches are their academic advisors. Okay, right, right. They're one and the same um, in our office. And because we're not housed within a university college or department, we really get to be that neutral zone for students as they really kind of work out what they want to do. And so, you know, there's no one, you know, who is... I don't want to say pressuring them, but there's no pressure, you know, on our end in terms of which direction they go. We just really ultimately want what's best for them and help point them in the direction that makes sense for them at that moment in time. 
Gotcha. That makes sense. And it's kind of the best of both worlds for the student because they get the academic advising and then they also have somebody who has that career success experience. Right. And it's all within one person. That's really cool. Exactly. And you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, at orientation, we don't get to have really long conversations with students, but when they meet with us during the academic year, you know, we're able to talk to them how, you know, we're also career coaches and can help them beyond just their advising experience um, and help them meet their goals after graduation. I think it really starts to click for them, you know, what kind of resource we are. And oftentimes for a lot of our students, you know, they're going to college because they want to figure out what comes next, you know. Obviously, you know, we do have some students that come in because they're, you know, learning about themselves and navigating. But ultimately, you know, our students really want to find employment upon graduation or they want to get into graduate school or they have a goal. Right. And so being connected to a career advisor or career coach from their first engagement on campus can be really helpful for them. Yeah, I can imagine. It's hard to know what the possibilities are when you just don't know what you don't know at that age. Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes with our students who are still exploring, they really have no idea. You know, it's not really, you know, about trying to choose between two different focus areas. They really are coming to us with no idea, you know, how to proceed forward. You know, they've got a lot of different interests and they don't know how to really funnel that into a major academic area of interest. And so we kind of help them piece those components together. I'm curious, what do those conversations look like? Like, how do you kind of narrow it down or help them figure out how their interests tie to a major? Yeah. So at orientation, I'll say, you know, anyone who's worked in an orientation program knows, you know, those conversations can be fleeting. They're also, you know, students come to us and they're getting a lot of information from other places. So at that moment in time, we're not spending a ton of time figure out direction. It's really just onboarding them to the university, getting them some basic academic courses. However, when they meet with us in the fall, we get to have much more intentional conversations. One of the things we do at orientation that really does help this process, though, is we encourage um, our students to take an exploring and career pathway course that our office facilitates. So it's University 100. And it really is about allowing students to explore and figure out, you know, what they're interested in, what they're not interested in. That's always actually sometimes more helpful than what they are interested in. So they do a one credit eight week course. And the goal is by doing that course, when it comes time to register for spring semester classes, they have a much better idea of how they want to move forward. Even if they don't have a particular major figured out at that point, that's okay. We, there's oftentimes actually most students don't have it figured out by then. They actually do have something narrowed down and they're ready to start exploring some introductory classes in a couple of different areas. So the class is really important. We do highly encourage it. It is optional, so we don't require it by any means. And as I said, that course is facilitated by our office. And so one of the things that we do is, you know, everyone in a particular section, they all have the same career coach slash academic advisor. So for example, you know, all of my advisees are in one class together, which is great. So they get to form community. Typically our career coaches are also the ones that are facilitating that course, unless we are fortunate enough to have a graduate student help us, which we are this semester. So we do have two graduate students helping us facilitate that course this year or this semester, I should say. But typically, whoever the career coach or advisor is for that particular class, everyone in their class is also their academic advisee. 
So it allows us to really kind of build a rapport with students. It allows us to really work with them as they're navigating their future pathway. And it gives them, you know, a sense of community and also normalizes not knowing what they're going to do. Right. And so that's a big part of it, too, is just normalizing like, hey, it's okay, and you're still going to be successful. Right. And you are not the only one who is trying to figure it out. Absolutely. What are some of the things that you all cover in this University 100 course? Yeah, so it's a lot of self-exploration at the moment. So we utilize Focus 2 currently. um, So students will do some self-assessments along the way. We have them do an informational interview. Um, We are actually pointing them quite a bit to our UConnect website. And so we do have a whole section on our website that's Explore Career Paths. And we actually built that section with this course in mind. And so really, you know, wanting to make information digestible to students because, you know, they're overwhelmed. It's a lot to take in, right? It's their first year. It's their first semester on campus. They're not only navigating, you know, what it means to be a scholar, but they're also navigating what it means to be on their own maybe for the first time, right? Or in a new place, new living environment. And so if we can make those really like seemingly important conversations conversations much more attainable and accessible, that's a win for us, right? And so we try to help them break that content down and make it more more palatable, for lack of a better term. (laughs) Um, So they do a lot of, you know, independent research in terms of career clusters and majors. And we also just have a lot of conversations with them about the reality of today's workforce, right? And for many students, we you know try to emphasize it's not really what you're majoring in but what you're doing with that major and so if we can take off some of that weight off their shoulders that you know this is the most important decision you're ever going to make you know that helps them right and really giving them the opportunity to think about you know what's coming after graduation and really helping them to see that the degree is more important than the major in so many instances right and so those skills those competencies that you're learning and what are you going to do with those? And oftentimes that really can just see that like weight coming off of them. And like, okay, you know, and ultimately, you know, they do need to decide on something. And so sometimes I'm working with a student for up to three semesters before they decide what they're going to do. And sometimes they have it figured out in that first semester and I can offboard them and get them connected to an academic advisor in their college and they're off running, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was glad you mentioned like the skills and competencies part of it. So I was just thinking like, that's the important part. It's not necessarily the major, it's the skills that you learn as a part of the major and then how you apply them. Absolutely. And I think for these students, you know, they just, no one's ever told them that, right? And so how would they know what they don't know? And so someone being able to say like, it's okay, you know, and you can choose a major today and you can change that next semester. Like, it's okay. Um, You're going to change careers multiple times after graduation, right? And so we just want to make sure that you know how to learn, that you know how to problem solve, that you have these good skills underneath you so you can be successful no matter where you go. Yeah. And I was just thinking too, like on that kind of a similar note, you all have the labor market data, like the labor market insights module on your Uconnect platform, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm guessing the students probably use that quite a bit, especially in terms of looking up those top most in-demand skills, who's hiring for them, what job titles are associated with them, how much they pay, all of that good stuff. That is probably one of our students' most favorite tools when we're able to have them kind of work through that. 
I think because it's so interactive, right? Like they really get to sit down and play with things and plug in different scenarios in terms of job titles or, you know, where they want to live. It's a good opportunity for us to help them understand cost of living and how salaries for the same exact job are going to be different depending on where they choose to live or where, you know, they might be positioned. And being able to give them that real-time data is so helpful, you know, because we can say whatever we're going to say until we're blue in the face, right? But being able to actually show them the data, I think, is really helpful. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's having a conversation with a student about, like, oh, my, my parents really don't want me to go in this direction because they don't think this might be, you know good financially, a good financial move for me, right? And so we can sit down and talk about, okay, well, what does that mean? And let's pull this up and let's look at what your opportunities could be. But, you know, one of my favorite parts of the labor market insights tool, especially for, you know, exploring students is the education level component. Because um, sometimes I'll have a student come in and, you know, what, what is, ultimately, what are your goals? You know, and they might say, I want to be an X-ray tech, And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about what that means, right? And we show them on the Labor Market Insights tool that maybe they don't need a four-year degree to do that, right? And so for us, it's like, okay, so what is your purpose for being at Washington State University? What's your purpose for being at a four-year university? And you can still be an x-ray tech. Let's think about some other opportunities for you. But it does allow for students to kind of really re-examine their purpose at a four-year university. And, you know, if being an x-ray tech, really what they want to do, right? Or is it the health sciences field that they're much more engaged with, right? And that's really a direction they want to take. So being able to have those realistic conversations with students. And I oftentimes hear from them, like, thank you so much. So good to hear that you're not pressuring me to stay here. And having those, you know, like no one's ever told me that I don't need to go to a four-year college to be an x-ray tech, right? Like they just haven't had those conversations. And Rarely have I had a student move to a technical or community college based on that conversation. You know, oftentimes we are helping them find another purpose. um, And that's just, you know, one of the career options that they had in their mind. But it allows us to be honest and transparent with the student and gives them the, the tools to make better informed decisions. So just like lots of traffic. No, it's, um, it's a lawnmower. I'm not quite oh. <laughs> sure why it's going right now because it's so cold out. I don't think that the maybe they're trying to get to it before the snow hits or something. Like That's to funny. The leaves. I don't know, but. <laughs> 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 Uh, that's that's fine. <laughs> Do your students get terrible career advice from YouTube and TikTok? Give them access to better video content with Candid Career Plus, the YouTube of career videos. Candid Career Plus is an expansive video library with thousands of career-focused videos that cover a wide range of topics, interests, industries, advice, and more. And every video is sourced from best-in-class career content creators including ADP List, Way Up, and many more. Learn more at goyouconnect.com slash candidcareerplus. So I, we've talked about a couple different ways that you all kind of combine and blend the career advising and the academic advising, but I know that there's one more. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? Uh, I think it was called like the advisor learning program or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So our office, because we're joint career in um, academic advising, our executive director is the 
executive director of University Advising. So she oversees advising for the Washington State University system. We actually have someone on our team whose primary job is to provide curriculum for advisor training and onboarding. And so we're fortunate to have that person in our office, on our team. And so we've really been able to partner with um, that person to provide a series of trainings for academic advisors outside of our office and provide them the tools and the skill set to be able to have intentional conversations about career readiness and career development. And so we've had our employer relations team come and talk to advisors about, you know, what employers are looking for. We've also been able to give them just better tools about, you know, just basic career coaching conversations and how they can incorporate those into academic advising. And often many of them already are, right? Like they're already inadvertently having these conversations with their students just by virtue of being academic advisors, right? Like those two things go hand in hand so often. One of our more popular trainings has been showing them the labor market insights tool. Advisors really love that tool because it also gives them a place to start from, right? In terms of having really intentional conversations with their students. Um, And it gives them some tools that they feel like are really useful, are up to date, and really allows them the leverage to have those conversations with students, you know, outside of our office, which is really helpful for them. And we oftentimes hear back from the advisor, like, our students love that tool. Thank you so much for sharing that with us and showing us how to work through it. And so, you know, that's been a tool that's been really helpful for our academic advisors as well. Okay. See, I, yeah, I love this whole tactic because it just, it like screams career everywhere. This training, other academic advisors on campus, how to have those career conversations. Like it's just, that is a really smart strategy. Yeah. And, you know, it's little things. And like I said, I think the biggest takeaway has been, you know, that advisors are already having this conversation. So why not really hit the ground running with them, right? And make sure that they have what they need to have conversations that they feel good about, that they feel confident in having with students. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the student's going to win. If, you know, more people that they interact with who are able to give them this information, the better. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're all here for, right? Student success. 100%. (laughs) Great. Well, are are there any other strategies that you all use to kind of blend the academic advising and career coaching or did we touch on most of them? I think, you know, that's probably our big ones. You know, honestly, we are constantly engaging with our, um, you know, academic community and we're just a resource for them generally. And so, you know, those are probably the three that we spend our most time with. Okay, great. So I'm curious, in your opinion, what are the benefits of this sort of joint advising and this blending of academic and career advising? Yeah, I think, you know, naturally these two conversations go hand in hand, right? Academic advising and career readiness. I was just looking at um, a NACE report this morning um, from another meeting, and I want to say it was like 50% of career centers really see academic advising and career services as two different entities. And I can see why, you know, depending on university structure, but I think here at Washington State University, we really see those two conversations going hand in hand, right? Because oftentimes students are pursuing a specific academic plan because of the career that they'd like to see themselves in, you know, after graduation, right? And sometimes that could mean that the student's going off to graduate school, you know, obviously, or maybe they're doing professional school or 
they're going to go into entrepreneurship. There's lots of different routes that a student can take. But I will say oftentimes their academic journey to get there is vitally important. And the person helping them navigate that journey is oftentimes their academic advisor. So being able to really think of those two things as integrated and ensuring that our academic advising community has the tools to um, really be confident in those conversations is really important. I've also found, you know, within the colleges, oftentimes our advisors are really in tune with what's happening within their college, right? And so if there's an advisory board that has external stakeholders, you know, and that could be possible employers, they're really in tune with what's happening within their college. And they oftentimes know a lot more than they give themselves credit for when it comes to career engagement and career readiness. And so, you know, being able to say like, you've got this, like you have all the tools, you've already been having these conversations. Let's just be a little more intentional about it is really, I think it's just a win-win, right? Like everyone feels good about that. It's low hanging fruit, um, quite honestly we're all working toward the same goal when you really think about it. Right. It's like you were saying, the academic advisors are some of the folks that students regularly see and will regularly see throughout their college journey. So why not give them the resources they need to have those career-related conversations? Absolutely. You know, and, and at orientation, we're able to connect with students and we were this last summer able to do a presentation with parents as well, which was really helpful, but really framing the academic advisor as a mentor, as, you know, someone who they should be networking with, even outside of those academic advising conversations, right? Like this is an advocate for you. And oftentimes it's going to be the person that is writing letters of recommendation or is going to be a reference for you in the future, right? So all of those things are very career related to me. And so helping the student and parents and families understand that the academic advisor and faculty and staff for that matter are the student's network, right? Like they're starting to engage in building out, you know, their own personal network from the moment they step on campus, right? And really thinking about those humans as people who want to see them succeed, right? And, and the more you engage and the more you have contact with those folks, the better outcomes you're going to have. Right. And ultimately, you get students thinking about their career early and often. Right. That's right. the goal. Absolutely. I'm kind of curious, how is this setup different from other institutions and other career centers? Yeah, I imagine that, you know, a lot of career centers, you know, across who are listening to this podcast are probably already engaging with academic advisors. So I'm not sure if that part is different, but I would say the fact that our career staff in our office have advising loads. We have advisees that we see in addition to, you know, standard career development um, appointments really allows us to engage students in a different way and really allows us to be really intentional with those conversations. And I think a lot of career advisors will find a lot of similarity in academic advising, right? Like there's just so much overlap when you really think about it. And so I think that's the part that's different is that, you know, we really are integrated within our office and we kind of do do both. Like we're kind of the best of both worlds with <laughs> academic advising, academic success, and then also the career um, readiness and career development. We get to see both sides of that. And I'll say, you know, it can be overwhelming at times. Like there are times in the year where our team has just so much going on uh, because we are really, you know, kind of straddling both worlds. 
But I think at the end of the day, it really works for us right now with where we're at. Right. And I was just thinking too, that I imagine because you're also doing this academic advising for the undecided students, it really helps you keep like a finger on the pulse of what's going on with today's students. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and kind of hearing from them from their first semester, right? And they could be transfer students too. So we do see some transfer students come to us. That's not our largest population. Mostly it's first time, first year students, but it allows us to kind of sense where they're at, how they're feeling, what's going on. And it gives us some insight to, you know, how they're doing academically and to like really get into a more holistic point of the student, right? So we get to hear all about, you know, their successes and where they're struggling. We also, you know, are at that point of contact for students if they're trying to navigate something beyond academics, right? If they're having a hard time with their roommates, sometimes that'll come up in conversations. So we're helping them with those conversations as well. And so we really, I think, have the opportunity to engage students in a really holistic way that's really fun and unique and it's fun to see students progress, right? From like their first time working with us through moving into their college um, or department um, and then seeing them graduate, which is great. That's kind of a nice segue to my next question, which is what results or student success stories have you seen using this sort of blended model that combines academic and career advising? Yeah. So, you know, anecdotally, it's always a win for us when we're able to hand a student off confidently to a college department where the student's like ready, they know what they need to do, and they're excited about their next step, right? So that's always fun. But I'd say the biggest piece, like the biggest success for me is when those students come back, right? And when they're like, I'm not here for academic advising, but now, you know, I'd really love for you to help me apply for this job, or I'd really love for you to, I mean, do you mind reviewing my resume with me? And so having them come back for those career-related conversations, because we've already established that relationship with them from the beginning, is always great, right? Because it's just good to see them back again in different context and to kind of hear how they're doing and the different experiences that they've had. So that's always a big win, I'd say. And then I will just throw in prior to the pandemic. So this is a little bit old, but I do think it's still valuable is our office did a study on the students that were taking University 100 with their academic advisor, and they found a significant enough um, difference in the retention of the students who took that University 100 course that we have found it to be something that we want to continue doing. Um, And we're really committed to providing that course. And the big thing for us is ensuring that students are grouped with their academic advisors. Like that was the biggest takeaway from that study is like students really found that to be helpful. It provided the community um, and also gave them someone that they could tangibly go to. Right. And so it really helped them make that connection as they're transitioning to the university and kind of figuring out what they want to do next. And so that's something that we are really proud of and we want to continue doing. So to clarify it, you found that students who took the University 100 course were more likely to stay at WSU than those who didn't. Correct. It, am yeah, I understanding that? Yes, okay. sorry. I wasn't clear. They had a higher retention rate than those who that did not. Okay. Um, and so that was a big win for us and something that we want to continue. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. If you're an undecided student and you're still kind of exploring what you want to do, if you have some guidance and some help, I imagine it's far more motivating to stay in school than if you're just 
floating around, trying your hardest, but you don't know exactly what to do next. Yeah, absolutely. And being able to have those guided conversations is always, I think, reassuring to students. Like there's always someone in their corner, right? Like rooting them on. Right. Yeah. That they can talk to about anything as you, as you were saying, whether it's roommate issues or figuring out what they want to major in or what they want to do with their career and their life. Like, yeah, it's nice to have one person yeah. that you can go to for that, that you trust. Absolutely. So I'm curious, Amanda, what advice would you have for other career services leaders who want to either work more career guidance into the academic advising process or maybe vice versa? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, if you haven't already started conversations with your academic advising community, that is 100% the first step. And I think that you would be pleasantly surprised at how many advisors want to have these conversations are kind of hungry for this information and data. And also it gives us as career professionals the opportunity to really help them be confident in those conversations, right? And so sometimes I think there's this sense that like, I can't have those career-related conversations because I'm not the career center. And so really giving people, I don't want to say permission, but kind of like that permission and excitement about, like you are already probably doing this. And so let's talk about, how we can be more intentional in these conversations. And maybe it's just a matter of having shared language, right? In terms of career competencies, that could be it. I will also say if you have an advising community, there's probably, you know, a level of training that goes into that. So being able to, you know, be in a newsletter or be in a training series is great. And being able to really bridge those two areas, I think is probably a lot easier than people think that they would than that it is. It makes me think of a question kind of going back to the this joint advising training that you do with the general advisors across campus. Is that a requirement for them or is it optional? How does that work? Yeah, so it's optional. We, like most things, you know, we don't really require a ton of things from our professional staff because we know there's a lot of required components just by virtue of being a staff member. But I will say we actually have a lot of advisors who are really eager for this information. They're really connected to it. They understand why it's important. And I think because they see us as advisors alongside them, right, like we're in the trenches and orientation right alongside them. We're helping them out. They're helping us out. It's very much a collaborative experience. And so I think oftentimes that helps break down some barriers too, right? It's like the more often they see you, the more you can be engaged with them. You know, so don't be afraid to invite yourself to that, you know, advising forum or, you know, those advising training series or just offer your services because I think sometimes advisors may not recognize or realize that there are opportunities for these conversations. Okay. And remind me, is this one annual training or is this like an ongoing set of trainings every few months or how does that work? We try to do multiple trainings throughout the year. Um, So it's kind of an ongoing process and like most positions on campus, our advising community is an ever-revolving door, right? As people move up or they move into other areas. And so, you know, there's a constant influx of new advisors. And so I feel like there's always an opportunity to engage our advising community, even beyond those who've heard our content before. We've also had, you know, more senior advisors come in and, you know, maybe they didn't have a chance to do the training prior. Um, and this is their opportunity. They have the time now or you know, something's changed or they feel more confident in their academic advising conversations. So now they're able to, you know, build in more of the career conversations. And so 
feel like it's always in flux and, you know, we have a mixture of more seasoned advisors and new advisors. So it really is kind of across the board. One of the cool things I forgot to mention before is we're actually working on importing our handshake notes. We're a handshake school into the advising notes. And so this is the central hub for our advisors. It's where they put all their notes. And so as they are engaging with students, they can see like, oh, the student met with a career advisor in this career center. So it gives them insight to, or the intention is it'll give them some insight to, you know, is the student engaging with career conversations outside of their own conversations? And that can either allow them to encourage a student to visit the career center and or allows them to have those conversations with students, right? So it allows us to really open up those doors of communication and again, kind of break down that barrier between career services and academic advising is ultimately the goal. And so I feel like the more information we can give our advising community, the better equipped they are to have more intentional conversations with their students. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, advisors are pretty excited about it. So we're still kind of working out some of the final kinks to that. But as soon as we do, hopefully we'll have that up here in the next month or two. That's super exciting. Again, it's just more of that same like information sharing just so that everybody on campus is involved in the career conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's it for us. You know, we're a small office when it comes to career professionals. And so any way that we can engage others in helping us is a win. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you all are being very creative in how you engage others on campus. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you. We try. <laughs> Well, I do want to be kind of mindful of our time, so I'll just sort of start wrapping us up. But Amanda, is there anything else about our topic today that you would like to add that we haven't covered? Um, No, I just think, you know, the advising community is amazing. They are, at least at our community, they are typically the first line of contact. And anytime there's anything that's needed with the university, you know, it's like, oh, the academic advisors can do that. And so I do want to stress that by no means are we saying like add more to our advising community. And it's not really about adding more, but it's really about helping them understand that they're already having these conversations, right? And so how do we capitalize on that? And it's not really doing more. It's just recognizing that you're already doing this work. Right. And give them the resources to do it even better than maybe they're already doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Well, if anyone would like to connect with you to learn more from you or ask more questions about this topic, where's a good place for them to do that? Yeah, I would say LinkedIn is probably the best place right now. Uh, Go ahead and send me a message. Would love to connect with you. Um, You can also email me at a.morgan at wc.edu. Would love to hear from you. Um, And if anyone else is doing this work, would love to connect and hear uh, ways that others are doing um, and engaging academic advisors. Awesome. Great. And for those who are watching or listening, I'll be sure to include a link to Amanda's LinkedIn profile and then her email address as well. So you can reach out to her there. All right. So Amanda, at the end of every episode, I like to do this answer a question and leave a question thing. So I'll ask you a question that our last guest left for you, and then you will leave one for the next guest. So our last guests were Kelly Smith and Lexi Avery of Binghamton University, and they left this question for you. What is the most funny or unexpected interview question you have ever received? (laughs) So I don't know if this was funny, but it was unexpected for me. Um, And I do have to preface, this is a very student affairs heavy office. This is an orientation. And the question was, you know, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And, you know, as 
a student coming into the, you know, the university landscape, I just always imagined, you know, every question is going to be super professional. And so having someone ask me that really caught me off guard. Um, but it also allowed me to just kind of like laugh and take a break and not take myself so seriously, which is always good in an interview. But I will say one of the things that we did, so in my role in orientation, we used to hire a lot of um, undergraduate students. And one of my colleagues would ask, um, like, if you could be anything in a Target or Walmart, what would you be and why? And I just remember <laughs> thinking to myself, like, how would I ever in a million years answer that question myself? But students were so resourceful and creative in their responses to that, that it was just kind of a really good insight to how their brain works, right? It's everything from, I'd be like a warm, fuzzy blanket to, you know, I'd be the shopping cart so I can see what everyone puts in their cart. And so it was just really good, good insight. That's a great question. I was thinking the first thing that popped to my head was like a teal colored KitchenAid, <laughs> like the pretty one that gets like yeah, that gets picked because it's colorful. Yeah, yeah. It's just like so many possibilities. And like I said, the first time I saw that question, I kind of panicked because I'm like, I don't know how anyone's going to answer this question. But their responses were top notch, I have to say. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great question. Yeah, you heard it here, folks. Like if you need another question for your interview, there you go. There you go. I was thinking like, what was the most funny or unexpected interview question I've ever received? And it wasn't really a question, but it was unexpected. There was this one time I applied for like a technical writing job and they made me take a logic test. Oh, geez. <laughs> and I did not know that was coming. And I am not like the super highly logical person. I'm a more of a creative person. Right. And so I totally bombed this test. Then they made me solve a riddle on a whiteboard in front of them. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. I And they're like show us how you're thinking through this. And I said, that's not how I work. I work in my head. Yeah. And then I will tell you the answer. <laughs> oh, no. so I, have I to did not get that job. I did not. <laughs> Probably a good thing. Yeah, I think it was a good thing for both parties yeah. involved. Yes. Yeah. But it, that was my unexpected interview thing. Oh, man. Yeah, that would throw me for a loop. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, Amanda, what question would you like to leave for the next guest? Yeah, well, kind of in that same vein um, of the kind of interview, one of my favorite questions to ask um, in an interview is professionally, what are you most proud of? So I would love to ask that to the next person. Oh, I like that. It's a good one. It makes you reflect a little bit on your career. Yeah, and it lets people just kind of talk about how great they are, right? Because I think sometimes it's hard yeah. to do that. And so, yeah, it's always my favorite question to ask. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Give people a chance to brag about themselves for a yeah, little bit. Absolutely. And like with full permission, right? Like, tell me. What are you <laughs> most proud? Like, tell me everything yeah, that's great absolutely. about you right now. Yep. That's what I want. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, that's a great question. I'm excited to hear the answer to that one. Thank you so much, Amanda, for taking the time to join me on the podcast today. This was such a fun conversation and really cool learning about this kind of unique structure that you all have there at WSU. So thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. And it's always fun to have these conversations. Likewise. Have a good rest of your week. You too. Bye. That's all for this episode of Career Everywhere. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. 
We'll see you next time. 